Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. The New York Giants lose a close one. Final score 23-16 to the Dallas Cowboys. One of our NFC East rivals and it's it's a tough loss, and especially on that last play. I don't want to say it makes it a heartbreaker, but um, it makes it a really unfortunate loss for the New York Giants. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and normally I am joined uh, by my friend and my co-host, Alex. Fortunately, he's not able to make it today. So here's the deal. This is I'm going to put this straight out right in the beginning here. Uh, normally, the two of us, if you're new, we kind of like do like our in-depth recaps. We, we go through the game um, and we get everything done for you. And that normally happens however long it happens, however long it takes us. Um, but it's just me today. And normally, if not ever, I don't know how many solo episodes we've done in this podcast history of like however long we've been doing this two, three years. I would like just over a while over two years. Maybe we've done like three solo episodes split between the two of us. Like Alex has done two and I've done two or something. So uh, I just want to keep it real and just say I was at the game last night. Um, and obviously I'm going to talk about that. But I was at the game last night. It's 830 uh, on Tuesday morning. I got home at like 130 this morning. So I'm super tired. And um, I'm not using that as an excuse, but I know also for the Giants fans out there, this is kind of a crushing loss for you. And I'm sure you don't want to hear me talking about it for a good hour. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to hold myself to 15 minutes. I'm going to give you still that recap that you, you know, that you deserve and give you that fan atmosphere from my perspective, run through the points I want to go through. Uh, but just hopefully end in that 15 minute mark and um, I'll let you go on um, with your day. Just not... Not as hyped to do an in-depth recap just because I'm tired and also I don't have Alex with me and he kind of, you know, helps, makes this episode flow, but I'm going to try my best um, to do so anyway. So sorry for getting away from the recap for a minute. Um, I just wanted to address it in the beginning and hopefully I stay to that length that I promised. So anyway, welcome to episode uh, 190. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of places I can start with this one, and I do have all the talking points ready to go, so I, I just want to kind of go in the order that I have things written down here, and I want to start out with the atmosphere, because obviously, if you, speaking from a fan perspective who went to the tailgate before I got there around 5 o'clock p.m., um, and then kind of going from there uh, to how it worked out, tailgate to kind of the lights dimming, the sun going down, the lights going on, the blue lights at MetLife Stadium, you know, as we, you know, talk crap about MetLife Stadium. 
Um, it, it is it is our home, and we kind of have to embrace it. And in that way, I thought the whiteout was a great way to do that. But it wasn't embracing the stadium itself. It was embracing the Giants fans and being able to give Giants fans those white towels to wave around uh, to get the crowd going. For the people who were wearing white, I was not because some people are fortunate enough to have a white jersey. I do not have a white jersey. I've I do have a white mm, I do have a white jersey. It's too small on me now, so I guess I do. But I'm not about to wear that. Um, it's too small, so I guess I can. I have two um, blue jerseys, or three blue jerseys. But anyway, um, yeah. So I wore my blue uh, Xavier McKinney jersey, uh, but there were a bunch of white jerseys out there. And even for the people who weren't wearing white and they were wearing blue, the white towels really did make a difference. But it wasn't the fans. It, it was really about the fans, the atmosphere. I've never gone to a Giants game where they've had a winning record before. That was something new to me completely. I never really went to a game where the Giants were actually like competing for something. I, I, I want to say that. I want to preface that because I did go to the Falcons game last year, but they were already off to a bad start at that point. So there was, I mean, we were rooting for it. All the fan atmosphere was there. It was, ne- I've never gone to a Giant game where it was that loud. I mean, on some plays that game, um, it was absolutely insane. Um, and I really loved it while I was there. And I hope I'm able to experience that again um, at a Giants game. I am going next week to the Bears game. So I hope it's something similar to that. It's not the Cowboys, not an NFC East rival. It's not Monday night football. That was my first night game as well. Um, but really, really fun stuff there. So let's see what else I got here. All right, let's talk about the game. I think the Giants defensive line, and if you couldn't tell already, they missed uh, defensive lineman Leonard Williams. Uh, the guy... I think Alex even said when we lost him in the recap episode against the Panthers is that if there was a player out of position that we needed the most, it was him. It was Leonard Williams. Like, he's the most valuable player at that specific position for the New York Giants. And I think we saw that uh, against the Cowboys. If you remember, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, they're now splitting carries to the Cowboys, and it really worked. Uh, Pollard having 13 carries for 105 yards is about 8 yards per carry. Ezekiel Elliott having 15 carries for 73 yards, about five yards per carry. He also had a touchdown as well. So those guys both combining for over 150 yards rushing, a very good rushing day for the Cowboys offense. And they were able to do that a lot because the Giants were giving them those yards. Um, there was there was really no competition at the defensive line. It would be both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott would just run at the defensive line, run right past the defensive line, run around the defensive line. Then it would be in the linebacker's job. We're missing Blake Martinez, our leading tackler from last season and leading tackler, basically, he was in the NFL as well. Um, So then they kind of go back past the linebackers and then it's kind of up to our cornerbacks behind Adoree Jackson, who, as we know, are thin. And then our safeties, Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. So that is how successful uh, this this Cowboys, excuse me, running game was. And that's why they were successful. And it makes sense because I'm sure they game planned around that. They knew that the Giants didn't have that true linebacker. They knew that they lost, uh, the Giants did, Leonard Williams. And being able to gain Leonard Williams, or being able to gain, excuse me, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari in this game would have helped out tremendously if they had a throwing quarterback. Now, with Dak Prescott injured, Cooper Rush, I'm sure they game-planned around running the ball a lot, and you could tell that from uh, having both Zeke and um, and Tony Pollard, excuse me, having over 25 carries combined. With both of those guys rushing a lot, 
there wasn't really much for Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau to do. Being edge rushers, their main goal is to sack the quarterback, give them pressure when they're throwing the ball. If they're just going to run the ball up the middle and Kayvon Thibodeau's on the side, right, he's on the left or the right side, he like there's there's nothing really much for him to do. So as much as I have here, Kayvon Thibodeau was off the stat sheet really in this game. I mean, it, you have to take that with a grain of salt because the guy didn't really have much opportunity to get on the stat sheet. Um, I mean, we'll have to see what's different next week. The Giants are playing the Bears, Justin Fields. I would think he throws the ball a little bit more. David Montgomery's injured. Khalil Herbert's now their starter, who actually played pretty good last week. Very good. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, I just don't know how much they're going to run and pass the ball. But anyway, let's stay on this game. So Kalon Thibodeau ended up having one tackle, and that was it. So um, that's for him there. Let's see what else I got here on the defense. So yes, Leonard Williams out. Um, okay, I, I think that's really most of my points uh, for the Giants' defense. Now let's go to the offense, which is, I have a lot of stuff on there. So I want to preface this. I want to first say that Daniel Jones gave it his all last night. Um, the guy turned many plays that were absolutely dead into alive by either scrambling, breaking tackles, or somehow, somehow finding an open receiver, which there were not many, if at all. So being able to have that all 22 view sort of in the 300s, I saw absolutely no wide receivers getting open on consecutive plays throughout the game. I don't know how the TV broadcast worked. I didn't rewatch the game on TV. Um, I don't, maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. From what I was seeing, no wide receivers were getting open. I don't know if that was how good the Cowboys are. Maybe that was how good Trayvon Diggs are. I don't really know the cornerbacks behind Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I don't know their roster well. I don't know the safeties on that team. I don't know the linebackers really on that team besides Leighton Vanderesh. Anyway. I know Traylon Diggs is one of the best, if not the best, cornerbacks in the NFL. He played his game well. He ended up with the last interception or with the last play of the game in an interception, which we'll we'll get to later. Um, the 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 Giants wide receivers were just not getting open. I don't know if that was a play calling. I don't know if that was their skill level. I don't know if that was the Cowboys defense, but they weren't getting open, and it was tough to watch because Daniel Jones repeatedly would have to figure out how the hell do I make something happen here. And I have to give credit to Jones because he did that. He made things happen. I mean, multiple times he went on those really nice runs. He broke tackles. He gave himself time. And the offensive line, let's get to that now, weren't giving him time. They were giving the opposite of time. They were giving negative time. This offensive line, as we know, has been a struggle for the New York Giants for the past three, five years, whatever you want to call it. Still trying to rebuild. Uh, they pick Evan Neal and Josh Zudu in this draft. Evan Neal struggled, man. Evan Neal struggled last night. And yes, it's only his third game. I understand that. But he was an early first-round pick. I'm not saying he's supposed to be showing it from, you know, kind of day one sort of thing. But he allowed Marcus Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence to have three sacks against Daniel Jones. Donovan Wilson also had a sack. Um, Dorrance Armstrong had a sack. And that was it. So that was, what is it, five sacks for the Dallas Cowboys. This Giants offensive line in this game was bad. Really, really bad. Now, how can they improve? I want to say that Neil, it's just going to take time. I think there were a couple of like the false starts or the, the holdings. That's just kind of football. Um, but the... the <laughs> Constantly, people were getting past Evan Neal. Demarcus Lawrence, for example, and he ended up with three sacks. So Evan Neal, he's got to clean it up. Um, 
I just hope he does better. Again, remember, Giants fans, I know we were undefeated. The 2-0 sounded really good. The 3-0 would have been even better. This is still a rebuilding season. I mean, we were just kind of getting those two wins. when we could. They could have easily been losses. We got both of them wins. Ryan Suckup missed the field goal, and the Panthers gave us every opportunity to win. Um, and we got in the red zone repeatedly and kicked field goals, and somehow we ended up with a win at the end of things because of a nice third down stop. But those... Could have we could have e- we could easily be zero and three right now, but we're not. We're two and one, and we have a winning record still after losing this game against the Cowboys. But just remember, Giants fans, this is a rebuilding season. So with Evan Neal there and that offensive line, yes, they played very bad, and you just hope that Evan Neal can turn it around because this is his first year in the NFL, and you just hope he gets better. If you remember, Andrew Thomas had a really bad first year, and now he's ranked as one of the best PFF offensive linemen. I think he was the best ranked offensive lineman on PFF through week two. Um, So that speaks to his development so far. But yes, uh, it was a struggle uh, for Evan Neal, and I'm I'm not going to say it like a seventh time. So we're going to keep on going um, from there. Let's talk about the man Kenny Galladay here. And yes, I'm being sarcastic. Kenny Galladay. So he makes comments early in the week because as Brian Dable has been noting, he does different, for some reason, different sets of wide receivers have more plays in one week than the other. I don't know why it is. Don't ask me because I don't even know. I'm not the head coach of the Giants, but for some reason he had Darius Slayton as a healthy inactive one week. He had Kenny Galladay not doing anything last week. So Galladay, he decided to make some comments on that, which rightly so, I guess. He said, I should be playing regardless, quote. That was literally the quote, I should be playing regardless. Well, if you want to play, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, they'll give you the time to play. But the thing is, you have to catch the ball, you know, which is part of your your contract, right? You're, you're getting paid four years, $72 million to, first of all, be on the field, which you were this game a lot of the time. And not just be on the field, but like make plays, like, you know, catch the ball. You are a wide receiver, right? So why is it that you tell me earlier in the week I should be on the field regardless, but when I'm on the field, and this is this is my quote, but when you're on the field, you can't catch the ball. That's a little bit of a problem, especially, you know, if you don't want to catch the ball, we can convert you to running back and you can run it, but you are a wide receiver. That's what you're getting paid to do, so catch the ball. Kenny Galladay in this game had two drops that he could have caught, but the main one was the third down. I think it was in the second half of the game, I want to say. I don't even remember. I just remember it was the third down. The ball was in his hands, in his chest, on the numbers, and he drops it. And Twitter goes wild because obviously the New York Giants, they're already a laughing stock of the NFL. Putting them on prime time, just, you know, anything that happens that's bad for the Giants, if it's on prime time, it gets extended 10 more levels because the entire nation sees that. So now the entire nation sees that, and now there's a Twitter spree, you could say, of four years, $72 million, four years, $72 million, $72 million receiver. We know. Thank you for letting us know. But yeah, I would say uh, I heard some boos. I heard, you know, get yourself on the bench. You're gone um, after that drop. But yeah, Galladay, this game, do not put this game on Daniel Jones. Do not put this game on Daniel. It was not him. It was the surrounding guys around him. And from what I was seeing, I believe they were also giving him credit as well. I think there were a few guys who said, you know, we kind of let him down tonight. So credit to the Giants uh, wide receivers who did, in fact, say that. I don't know. I just I think I saw a report before hopping on when doing some research for this episode. All right, let's talk about the last play here. I notice I'm getting up to 15 minutes. I'll, I'll try and wrap it up, but I do still have some more to talk about. Um, the awful last play of the game, Daniel Jones. 
throws an interception to Trayvon Diggs to end it when the Giants actually had a chance. Um, they made it 23-16. They kicked the field goal. They made a stop on the Cowboys. And yes, we had no timeouts. Yes, we had to go, whatever it was, 75 yards in like a minute 20 with no timeouts. It was. It's possible. It's definitely possible. We've seen we've seen it happen uh, in in the preseason with Davis Webb, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it did not go the way we wanted. So so let's let's break this down. Uh, Daniel Jones is a bad throw to Trayvon Diggs to end the game, and with that, there was a Giants wide receiver on the far side of the field down. And my dad pointed this out to me, like he pointed over, he's like, "Someone's down, someone's down." So we're looking over, and it takes at least like a minute or whatever for the training staff to run out there. And obviously, the first thing you do, you look at Twitter because you can't see the guy from hundreds of yards away or feet away um, from where we were. Um, and it says, Sterling Shepard down holding his knee. And right in that moment, like, you know, you kind of just go hands on head because Sterling Shepard is not only the oldest giant on this team, the longest tenured giant on this, not the oldest giant, but the longest tenured giant on this team. Um, he has dealt with so many injuries in his career. The guy just cannot catch a break. When he's been on the field, he's been pretty freaking good. And I don't blame any Giants fan who say he's one of my favorite players because damn right he should be. When he's on the field, he does good things. I mean, he saw that first uh, that first game against Tennessee with a long touchdown. But the problem with Sterling Shepard is he's injury prone and the man cannot catch a break. And this just adds to that. Um, like I said, I'm rec- I don't know when this is going to be out, but I'm recording this around 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday EST. On Tuesday, September 27th, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. I have to do all the specifics. But anyway, at this very moment, um, the latest I have is from ESPN's Jordan Ronan, who said about 2 a.m. Uh, this morning that the New York Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard suffered what is believed to be a serious left knee injury Multiple sources told ESPN after Shepard underwent initial tests following Monday night's game against the Dallas Cowboys, the non-contact injury happened in the final minutes of New York's 23-16 loss to Dallas. Final diagnosis will come Tuesday morning when Shepard undergoes more tests, but the fear is that his season is over. Brian Dable added to this, um, saying basically, not added, but he basically just said, quote, uh, I just feel terrible for the guy. Um, and again, initial diagnosis is that it's a really serious knee injury um, and the fear is that he's going to be out for the entire season. And if he's not out for the entire season, if the initial fear is that and he's not, it's got to be for a long time at least. It's a non-contact knee injury. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's really sad to see. I, I don't have much words to say on it besides the fact that... Um, it sucks for Sterling Shepard. I mean, I hope he gets better. At this point, is it career ending? Do we go there with all the injuries he's had in his career? I don't know. Um, but I, I really wish the best for Sterling Shepard. I hope it's the best possible scenario that he can get. I hope he's back on the field by, by next week. Um, but we'll have to see. And obviously, we'll give you updates on the podcast here whenever we record our next episode, the uh, Bears preview to whatever news we get um, today when I'm recording this on Tuesday. Anyway, uh, so with that being said... The wide receivers, what's going to happen there? So here, here, here we got two wide receivers who already were inactive um, for the game against the Cowboys. Kadarius Sunday with a hamstring injury. Wondell Robinson, knee injury. So Shepard's injury is season-ending or close to that. Remaining wide receivers on the depth chart. Richie James, David Sills, Kenny Galladay. 
um, and Darius Slayton, who really, Darius Slayton has not um, gotten much, many catches this year, if any. Uh, he's gotten a couple snaps here and there, but yeah, you have not really seen him much. I assume you'll see him more um, if those two guys, Tony and Robinson, stay injured and Shepard's also injured. So maybe the Giants sign a wide receiver. You know, Dable last week, we got the report that he was meeting with a couple guys, I think like via Zoom. Uh, Odell Beckham being one of them. I'm sure Giants fans are going to want him back even more now. I don't know. I, I don't even know if we have the money to sign him, but we'll see. Either that or bring up a guy from the practice squad probably will uh, be the uh, the resort for the Giants to go. All right, continuing now. So we already talked about Daniel Jones and the pressures that he faced. He was actually pressured 24 dropbacks on Monday night. That's the most in NFL this season per ESPN Stats Info. And that's the most by a Giants quarterback since ESPN began tracking pressures in 2009. Jones now pressured on 40.8% of snaps this season, second only to Justin Fields. And if you remember... Giants-Bears play next Sunday, so pretty funny thing there. Let's go through some stats here. Jones completed 20 of 37 passes for 196 yards and an interception. He also ran for 79 yards, and most of those rushing yards being absolutely crucial runs uh, for Daniel Jones. Again, don't blame this game on Jones, please. Um, I even said, I even tweeted out, I believe, in the first quarter that Daniel Jones was not looking good. And I I still, I'm not going to go back on that statement. I'm not going to retract it. I still think he looked bad during those first uh, that first quarter. He was overthrowing some guys. And then after the game progressed, I understood. He was not getting any time. He was still breaking tackles. He was still finding areas to make plays happen. So I give credit to Jones. Um, I, I gave him... Yes, like, is he playing for a spot next year? Yes. Like, right now, would I give him a spot on the team next year? Probably not. But somehow he's still playing to the point where you can give him a break like no 20 for 37 196 yards isn't oh my god we're keeping this guy next year I'm still looking to draft a quarterback but he's still playing where I can give him credit for what he's done um so far this season Saquon Barkley 81 rushing yards and 14 attempts with one touchdown and four receptions for 45 yards yeah that that touchdown man that 36 yard TD Really got the crowd going. I'm sure you heard it if you were, uh, you know, watched it um, or listened to it or were there. It was got the crowd going. That was a really fun moment um, for for us as Giants fans. Sterling Shepard led the team with five receptions for 49 yards. And then Daniel Bellinger right behind him had a four catch for 40 yards. Look at Dan Bellinger getting up there in the stat sheet. That's my tight end one. Uh, good for him. And with that being said, I think that's really everything that I got here. Let me just like go through the stats, um, you know, just in general. I, I think I got everything. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing much to add besides that, you know, Xavier McKinney did pretty well. Julian Love led the defense and tackles. He had four overall tackles and 10 assisted. Um, Xavier McKinney had like back-to-back plays where he did well. I believe he like one play he like swatted the ball down and the other one he was in coverage like the next following play uh and and was able to swat it down so that was two consecutive really great plays for Xavier McKinney but anyway I'm like kind of way past my 15 minute mark now that I did set so uh let's start wrapping things up here but anyway how can you support us well please hit that subscribe button down below um if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify you can also subscribe there if you're watching on YouTube so subscribe you could drop a like button if you're watching on YouTube well, where can you check us out? We are on Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Pod. 
Instagram and Facebook, The Giant Take Podcast. I'm on Twitter at JoshSholo29. You can rate five stars on your podcast platforms and where you can find more places to listen or watch. Go to shippingstudios.com slash take. Um, I think I got everything. If I didn't or if there's anything you missed because you weren't listening or I was talking too fast, um, you could find that in the description or podcast notes. But anyway, your final score of this recap or of this game, Cowboys 23, Giants 16. Both teams go to 2-1. and one. Giants, in fact, go to second or their third, I guess, um, in the NFC East with the Cowboys in second and Eagles in first because the Cowboys, in fact, beat the Giants. So that makes sense why they're in second. The Giants' next game is going to be next weekend against the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Uh, we'll be back here in a, just a couple days <laughs> for our preview um, of that game. So thanks so much for listening or watching. See you next time. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.